Welcome back to the Librarian Linkover podcast. I am your host, Lorraine Kennard. I am having a great time talking with librarians who work in non-library industries. Our skills work in any setting, and my guests are proof of that. My guest today is Brian Melosha, Vice President, Investigation and Analysis Group at a global investment bank. Brian's background is in fraud, financial intelligence, and risk. Brian, welcome to the Librarian Linkover. Thank you for having me, Lorraine. So tell us about your work and what kind of projects you take on. Well, I work at an investment bank and I am an anti-money laundering specialist and I work within the due diligence uh, group of the bank. And what we do is uh, when, when customers want to become bank customers, there are laws in place that require us to do research on our potential customers and identify potential risks. Uh, so we're always looking for adverse media, adverse information uh, to determine whether or not there's political exposure or whether or not there's exposure to certain sanctions and, and transactions in certain jurisdictions that may not comply with U.S. laws. Our goal is to mitigate, identify, and manage the risk uh, associated to ensure that the bank is not uh, being used uh, uh, to launder the proceeds of criminal enterprise, right? by bad actors. What traditional, in air quotes, what traditional library skills do you use in your work? Um, every day we use research skills, okay? And I know that the word fake news is thrown about nowadays. It's very popular, but it's true and it's out there in today's information age. What we have to do is to make business decisions based on the information that we uncover. And we have to make sure that the information we uncover is current, accurate, coming from important sources. You know, so concepts like cognitive authority, concepts like uh, timeliness, you know, understanding and identifying bias in the media, which is a hot topic today. So information literacy, very important. Researching skills, very important. Uh, simple things like Boolean searching, very Yay. important, right? <laughs> you got to use Google the right way to get the best results mm -hmm. back. Um, also, the skills we use is we're always sharing and escalating information up to people with limited time. So being able to share information distributed visually in a way that can tell a story quickly, uh, whether that's through PowerPoint, whether that's through websites, charts, analytics, we use those tools as well to help tell our stories to executives so they have the information to make proper source, uh, in, uh, choices. You know. What's cognitive authority? Making sure that the person who you're taking the information from actually has some credentials uh, and can speak to that information. You know, um, a lot of times today we see... Um, you know, news pundits, they're opinion makers, but they don't have the facts. And you want to find primary source records where possible, especially when you're discussing court cases or things like that. You want to make sure the news sources you have are not uh, politically biased in a significant way, which can be a problem. We see it here in the States, but it's also a problem globally in Latin America and out of Asia, where some of these political uh, parties actually own newspapers and, and news media channels. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, you have to be able to make business decisions and understand that, is that media coverage true or is it, you know, a, a slam piece and, and, and being able to evaluate 
and corroborate information is, is our stock and trade. It's what we rely on to do our job. Got it. Where did you get your interest in criminal justice and fraud? Well, I, I majored, I went to Rutgers as an undergrad in New Jersey. Um, I majored in criminal justice and I had a great professor there, Michael Welch, and he was a white collar crime professor. And what he drilled into us or instilled into us was that, you know, white collar crime costs a lot more public harm than, than typical street crime does. And, and the crimes are much more sophisticated and difficult to prosecute. And I thought the stories around these crimes were, were fascinating. And so going through college, I, I didn't want to do the traditional crime route, you know, state police, FBI, those kinds of things. And, and those are very great careers and professions. But what, what really um, was in my interest was, was the white collar crime, the fraud piece, the sophisticated schemes and scams. And, uh, and so, you know, when I uh, was able to get an internship, I did that with the uh, consumer fraud division out of the law and public safety um, of the New Jersey office of the attorney general. And that's where I started my career. I turned that internship into a career for about six or seven years. Uh, and, and that's where it really started. Um, that's a law enforcement agency that goes after companies of all kinds that perpetrate schemes, uh, you know, auto, auto repair fraud or house repair fraud or businesses that are overcharging or advertising violations, companies selling expired goods, all kinds of things that you don't think they kind of fall between mm -hmm. the cracks. But this agency went out there, they did a lot of, and we did a lot of good work there. And so that's really where, um, that's where it all began for me college through that first year and, uh, in, in the state. And then, um, and then I transitioned into anti-money laundering and, and into the financial world. So interesting, all that. Yeah, it really blew up. I was lucky. I got into the anti-money laundering financial crime game just before the 2008-2009 financial crisis. And mm -hmm. then a lot of the federal regulators started paying attention and it became a real growth field. So it was nice to be in ahead of the curve. Right. How do your library skills and education make you a better fit in your position than someone who doesn't have that background? And how do you add value to your organization because of your library skills and education? Uh, the value add, uh, there's, a, there's so many ways. There's so many ways. Um, yes, that's why I'm in this podcast. There, there really there's are. so many things. Um, one of the ways, you know, <laughs> when I deal with um, software vendors, Okay, vendors are something that every company uses third party, either uh, subscriptions or solutions or software. And one of the things that I'm able to do is I can speak to these people in their terms on their level. Uh, I use terms of art that they use. I talk about user cases and things like that, and solution sets. And all of a sudden, they're speaking to me as a peer and not as somebody they can try to get over on. Mm -hmm. And also, when you go to library school, I think that when you're used to dealing with IT professionals who are used to building products and services, the librarian is focused on the end user experience and how the end user interacts with those tools as opposed to the pure functionality of it. And so when I'm in those discussions, I'm able to drive the conversation in that direction so that the tool that we're buying is better suited for the users that we have. And so we're not wasting money or we're using the right 
tool for the job to make sure it works out. Um, other ways is, again, um, one of the things that has happened over the years is I've changed jobs and I'm at my third bank now. But what inevitably has happened is everywhere I've been, very short, very shortly after I joined the firm, it seems that I become the training officer. Okay. And that is interesting because one of the things librarians are very good at is understanding someone's information need, right? Mm -hmm. Sensing that, having the empathy factor, mm -hmm. obtaining that information and being able to transfer a certain domain of expertise and knowledge into that person, right? So knowledge management is key in, in library uh, courses and in the curriculum. And that's a key piece because in today's day and age, people don't stay at companies very long. And they can't right. afford to have their best and brightest leave after two or three years and have all that expertise walk out the door. So it's very important as a librarian because you're able to train others quickly and excellently and build their expertise, not just procedures, manuals, and things like that, mm -hmm. but developing muscle memory skills for the people you're training and get them to know things intuitively. And, and that comes from both the empathy factor and from the uh, understanding of the knowledge need and being able to fill that knowledge gap. And, and that's a lot of what you learn in library school if you, if you take the right courses, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. When you conduct the systems training and investigative techniques training for new team members, do you create the curriculum and training materials? You know, um, a lot of the stuff that we use, I'm in a big corporation, global corporation. And so they have like group materials, but mm -hmm. I often find that I use my own as well. You know, or we will mm -hmm. create a job aid locally. And that's not something that might be formally part of the curriculum as the company knows it, but these are sort of informal tricks and tips and expert things that that you learn and you pick up over time. And um, you use these to, to, again, drill the new people and, and, and get them doing things in the right manner and get them to understand and make the logical leaps to use the tools effectively or to search better or to teach them how, you know, the system works in such a way that they can use it more effectively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What suggestions can you give librarians who want to move into a position like yours? Okay, well, first and foremost, you have to take the right courses, okay? So it's important when you start at library school that very early on you pick a path that is transferable into the corporate world. And, you know, so that might mean, look, I had to make some sacrifices, right? So there's some cataloging courses I didn't take. Right. But instead, I took systems design and human computer interaction or, you know, evaluation of government records. I took courses on website design or information visualization, uh, learning the tools like access, like, uh, you know, SQL databases or, you know, even stuff like Adobe in the creative suite and learning Photoshop and some things like that. Um, and so it, it starts there. So pick courses that are transferable into the corporate world because many of them are. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the next piece of advice would be, uh, be creative in the way that you search. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I look, you know, there's, there's like the old school versus the new school. And I, and I honestly think that our profession was let down really by the old school, you know? And I think that over the decades, IT teams have sort of eaten our lunch, you know, and, and before IT was a thing, we had librarians. Librarians were IT before mm -hmm. IT was IT. The librarians first were the, called the computer programmers. That's right. The first mm -hmm. networks were for libraries. The first information sharing online was between college and university libraries. We were the gatekeepers. And I think we stuck to an older model and it was to our detriment. And so many jobs now that, that, that might go to IT people are really jobs for librarians. And, mm -hmm. and we have the skills we can do a lot of those jobs. It's just a question of using the right terms of art, understanding that the word librarian doesn't translate great into the corporate world anymore mm -hmm. and uh, use the right words, due diligence or business analyst, client onboarding specialist business intelligence, using these terms, um, you can find a great many careers in the quasi-technical space with some other backgrounds. There's great careers to be had. You just have to be more creative in seeking them out. That's really great. Really great advice. So you've moved around a little bit from a few different banks and done sort of different things. What mm -hmm. types of roles and positions have your managers held, like people that you've reported to? Which sure. lines of business have you reported to? Sure. Um, so again, like my first role was in government, okay? And then it, as I moved into the financial sector, I've worked under uh, anti-money laundering controls, right? So AML is, is, the, is the nickname, uh, is the acronym. Uh, financial business loves acronyms. I'll try not to <laughs> use them. So does um, to the libraries. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, so anti-money laundering, compliance, financial crime compliance, risk management, um, due diligence, client management, um, those kinds of areas. Client onboarding, uh, those areas are, 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 are areas that I've been in, involved with. Why did you go to library school? And based on your, your career so far, does that reasoning still hold? So I went into library school. Well, first, I, I love reading. Okay. It starts with a love of reading. So I think everybody goes to library school. I don't think anybody goes and, and they don't have a love affair with reading. So that's, that's first and foremost, like, you know, the library and the, and the Barnes and Noble nearby are like my home away from home. Um, so that's where it really starts. And that comes from like being a kid and, and, and such. But later on, I, I realized looking through the curriculum, because uh, a friend of mine, was in library school. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. What is that about? So I, I looked at the course catalog and I'm working at the, the uh, attorney general's office as an investigator, as a fraud investigator. I'm looking at, at, at these topics and I'm like, this, there's a synergy here. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot here that does what I do. Look at this evaluation of government records, searching online, finding stuff on the dark web. Wait a minute. Like I do this. <laughs> there's something here. There are hard skills. And that was the other thing. Um, because a lot, look, we live in a day and age where college is expensive. And, and if you're going to go, you have to make sure you're going to make it work for you. 
So I always would advise somebody, if you're going to go to grad school, right, you've already put the four years in. If you're going to go to grad school, you got to learn hard skills. It has to be about something you can do with your hands and your mind. You have to learn something hard like that. Uh, so databases, building them, uh, searching skills, you know, uh, you know, information, finding dark web. These are, these are things you can learn that you can practice. They're not just abstract philosophical concepts. These are things that you can practice in your daily routine. That's important. Um, so I saw that very early on and, and, uh, and it was a, a really great value. It was a great value. I saw it early on as I was completing my education and, and doing the work. I knew I was right. And uh, does the decision hold up? Yes, absolutely. I can tell you right now, the job interview that got me where I am today, um, when they saw, when they told me that, um, you know, one of their information repositories that they were using was built in Microsoft Access, which is something a lot of people use nowadays. Mm -hmm. But the corporate world actually uses a lot of the older stuff. We don't, we save money where we can. We don't always have the, the newest, sexiest software. So when they said that they were building their repository uh, off Microsoft Access, and I had just spent a whole semester building Microsoft Access databases, understanding how they work, I was able to communicate that. I knew then I had the job. I walked out of there. I knew it because there's no way. Uh, that anybody else has an AML background and knows access databases the way I just explained it. And, um, and even now, I mean, years later, I've been out of grad school now, 10 years now. Wow. When you say it, um, <laughs> I've been out 10 years. I'm, I'm still relatively a unicorn. I don't know anyone who has law enforcement background, who has a credential AML specialist credential and a librarian. Those three things, unheard of. And I've told other people, I don't have to be the only one in this space. There's, there's right. careers out here. Um, put it together because with your, with your initial background and skills, there are careers there. They are out there. And I would say, yeah, it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have the, uh, the graduate education. Oh, that's great. Well, this has been really great. Thank you so much for doing it. You've given us so much great information that I think people are going to find very valuable. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be here. And again, like you said, you're only limited by your creativity. Really, yeah. uh, go take the courses, search. You have the skills. You have them. If you've graduated from an accredited library school, you have the skills that companies need. It's just a question of finding the role and don't let a label push you off just because you're not quote IT doesn't mean you can't do a lot of the jobs those folks do. Okay. And, uh, and you know, one, of my previous, one of my previous guests was saying that don't worry about the job titles. Don't look at the, yeah, at the labels. Um, I gotta be honest, you know, there was a major controversy at Rutgers, uh, which has a tremendous, uh, LIS program, right? It's, it's nationally ranked every year. It's a great program. They took the word library out of the school. It went from the, the School of Library and Information Science to the School of Information Science. They took the library out. People were furious. But the library, the word is a limiting term. It yeah. doesn't translate to the 21st century the way it used to. 
So now we're information professionals and it kind of sounds more trendy and modern and it mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, it ticks some folks out uh, off a little bit uh, from the older school again, but there are careers out there and, uh, and, and they're good paying jobs, good ones. Well, not everybody wants to be a school librarian or a reference librarian in a public library. Nothing wrong with those those careers, but not everybody wants to do that. And if you're in a corporation and you have library in your title, you're going to make less money than if you don't have library in your title. There's yes. research on that. Yeah. And, and, and so to your point, you know, everyone wanted to be when I was in school, like for library school, you want that, like, I want to be a university research library. That's like the key. That's the gold standard. Like you want to help brilliant scientists solve important problems those jobs are impossible to get you often have to travel a great distance to get them like you got to wait for people to retire like wait decades because they don't come around and so maybe instead you become a local school librarian again the way budget cuts go credential librarians don't have those jobs sometimes they just have a room with books and a teacher kind of monitors it the way they might monitor a study hall so those are tough to get and they don't pay well and same with a public librarian mm-hmm. places like places like the wall street journal cut you know that we used mm-hmm. to have something called the special librarians association and 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 where companies like like just like mm-hmm. you mentioned they had librarians they used to cut those jobs and so what do you do um the skills are still needed but they're called other things mm-hmm. you know and 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 that's why you have to be creative in the way that you hunt and search for the jobs because the need for the skills is there. It's just um, a different way of finding it. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much for saying all of that because that's exactly why I'm doing this podcast. We didn't even plan it. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, has been was, really great. Yeah, glad to glad to help, glad to share, and uh, I, yeah. Thank you to Brian Melosha for being my guest today in the Librarian Linkover. And thank you so much for listening. 